We've had the prayer wall that's in the back of the room for almost two years now, and the concept behind it is really simple. Uh, you write down a prayer, either something you want to say to God or something that you've heard from God, and you write the down piece of paper, you put it in the wall. Um, prayer is something that seems abstract. Uh, we often pray in our heads, and God wants our faith to be concrete, um, that faith impacts our actions. And so with the wall, we can pray by physically doing something. And it makes prayer for us a little bit more concrete. Um, in the year 2020, we had over 1,500 prayers put in the wall. And that number is amazing because COVID significantly limited the number of people coming to Sunday in-person services. From mid-March to mid-May, our services were only online, so we didn't have anybody uh, in this room during that time. And then even since we've resumed in-person worship, it hasn't been wise for everyone to come back. And so the number of people coming has been significantly less. And even with all that, we still had over 1,500 prayers in the wall. The faith impact of that cannot be overstated. It's a really big deal. 1,500 times people from the TFRC community took a concrete step to pray to God. Uh, today is an important day for us. Uh, earlier this week, the elders took the prayers out of the wall, and we're going to take another concrete step with these prayers um, and burn them in a little while. This container um, holds a portion of the prayers. We're burning a portion of them for each service. There's about 500 prayers uh, in this container up front here. And we are also going to give you a chance to add one more prayer to the fire as well. Um, you may remember that we did this last year. And so this has become a part of our worship rhythm here at TFRC. It's a meaningful moment for us. Uh, the scripture for this morning comes from 2 Chronicles 6. Uh, if you are looking at it on your phone, you can just type that in. If you're looking for it in an actual Bible, Bible, um, 2 Chronicles is a little harder to find. It's the 14th book in the Old Testament. Uh, if in your searching, you hit the book of Psalms, you've gone too far, it's about five books before the book of Psalms. Um, in 2 Chronicles 6, uh, it features King Solomon, the King Solomon known for his wisdom. Uh, his father, King David, had established the kingdom of Israel in an unprecedented way. And so David wanted to build the Lord a temple in Jerusalem. But God told King David, no. God said his son Solomon would build it. And so David dies and Solomon becomes king. And Solomon builds the Lord a temple. And the Israelites are now dedicating the temple. And as part of that dedication, King Solomon prays. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, Solomon begins this long, elaborate prayer. Our passage is going to, we're going to pick it up in verse 40, um, which is the end of Solomon's prayer. We've asked Chance Requa to read scripture this morning. So Chance, if you can make your way on up to the podium. As he does, I'm going to ask if you're able to please stand and face the center of the room. Um, we stand because we believe this is the word of God. 
And we read from the center of the room to remind us that scripture is to be central in our lives. And so Chance, whenever you are ready, please read from 2 Chronicles 6, beginning in verse uh, 40 and read through uh, chapter 7, verse 3. Now, my God, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Now arise, Lord God, and come to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. May your priests, Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the great love promised to David, your servant. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground, and they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good. His love endures forever. Chance, thank you very much. You may be seated. Uh, when my uh, son was in fifth grade, he played basketball. Um, I was the assistant coach of the team. Whenever I coached uh, one of my kids' teams, whether it was basketball, baseball, softball, I was almost always the assistant. I didn't know enough about the sport to be a head coach, but I knew enough about managing kids that I made a pretty good assistant. Um, at the end of one of the fifth grade basketball practices, we played a game called Lightning. Anyone familiar with the game Lightning? Okay, some of you. Uh, Lightning is a game where you start at the three-point line and you need to make a basket before the guy behind you does. If the guy behind you makes a basket before you, uh, you're out. It's a fast-paced game. It's a game that I had played hundreds of times easily. Um, and so we're playing this game and it's my turn to shoot. Now, when you shoot a three, you gotta jump a little bit, okay? Um, and so as I hustle to jump, because it's a fast-paced game, uh, to shoot my three, I feel this intense pain in my calf. I fall to the ground, hobble over to the side of the court, and long story short, I tore my calf, calf muscle, just tore it. I tore my calf muscle, jumping to shoot a three against fifth grade boys in a game of lightning. It was at that moment that I realized I'm getting old. It didn't matter that I wasn't even 40 yet. I was getting old. And you know when you're younger, and it doesn't matter what comes your way. You know, no matter the situation, you feel like, I got this. You know, I got this. Well, that wasn't how I felt as I sat on the side of the court in pain. Uh, that was a I don't got this moment. Uh, it was a humbling moment. And prayer, if you think about it, prayer is a humbling moment. Uh, when we realize that we need to connect with God, we pray. And in prayer, we surrender our pride. If you look back at the passage in verses 40 to 42 uh, that Chance just read, where Solomon finishes his prayer, where it says, Now, my God, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Now rise, Lord God, and come to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. May your priests, Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the great love promised to David, your servant. This is King Solomon, the wisest king in the history of Israel, 
Some would argue the wisest king in the history of the world. And this King Solomon is humbly asking God to hear his prayers, is humbly asking God to bring his presence, is humbly asking God to remember his promise. Now, this is the end of the prayer. Before he begins his prayer in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 6, verse 13 says that he, Solomon, stood on the platform and then knelt before the whole assembly of Israel and spread out his hands towards heaven. The wise King Solomon kneels in front of everyone, spreads his hands towards heaven, and prays out loud for like a long time. It takes like 30 verses to record it. This is an I don't got this moment. It's a humbling moment. Solomon surrenders his pride and prays. Now, we don't like I don't got this moments, and we are very slow to acknowledge them. Things have to really fall apart before we're willing to admit, mm, maybe I don't got this, all right? 1 Peter 5 says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Uh, when kids are growing in their independence, the last thing they want is help from their parents because they need to do it themselves. But sometimes they can't do it themselves and they need their parents' help. And for those of us who have been parents, um, when our kids struggle, we want them to come to us. Why? Because we care about them. It's not that complicated. We want them to come to us because we care about them. God opposes the proud, shows favor to the humble. God wants us to humble ourselves and come to him. Why? Because he cares about us. We go to God because God cares. We humble ourselves so that God may lift us up. Um, on your seats when you walked in this morning, uh, there was a little piece of paper that we use for the prayer wall. There should also have been a pencil. Um, and I'm going to ask you to take a moment and reflect. Uh, what is it you need to talk to God about? Maybe it's something you need God to do or something you need help with. Maybe it's something you are sensing God wants you to do. But we're going to take a moment of silence. And during this moment of silence, I'm going to want you to write down on that piece of paper either something you need God to do or something you need help with, and you need to talk to God about it, or something you are sensing God wants you to do, and you need to talk to God about it. Um, so take a moment, humble yourself, and write something down to God. I'm going to give you about a minute. And so just in silence, think about what that might be and write that down on your paper.
Just hold on to that uh, paper for a little while. Um, if you didn't get something written, you'll have another chance in a moment. When we pray, even something as simple as we just did, we surrender our pride. Also in prayer, we engage God's presence. If you go back to the passage that was read earlier and look in chapter 7, the first two verses, where it says, When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. After Solomon prays, the presence of God comes. Now, in the Bible, fire often represents the presence of God. When God led the Israelites through the desert, at night his presence was a pillar of fire. When Elijah prayed to God on Mount Carmel, fire came from heaven to consume Elijah's offering. On Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, it was tongues of fire that came to rest upon them. In the Bible, fire often represents the presence of God. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to have uh, the elders come forward and take these prayers and burn them in the fire, which is outside. We're going to put it on the screen here in front so that all of us can see it. But as we do that, I want you to focus on the fire. And when you see the fire, consume the prayers. Let that remind you that when you pray, you engage the presence of God. God is always with us, but we connect with his presence in a special way when we pray. When we pray, God makes himself present. Prayer isn't communicating with someone far away. It's connecting with the God who is right here. The power of presence is often unappreciated. Presence has power. When a child is hurt or upset and their parents show up, the child will automatically feel better the parent may not do anything to address the cause of the pain, but simply being there will make the child feel better. That's the power of presence. Over Thanksgiving and Christmas, there was a lot of controversy over gatherings because of COVID. Should you gather? How many can gather? Should you travel? And lots of people got upset for one reason or another. But think about it, though. In the age of social media, why do we need to gather? Just do your gatherings over Zoom or Skype. But it's not the same. It's not even close to being the same. You lose something major when you don't gather. That's the power of presence. One of the terrible things of the pandemic is that if you have to stay in the hospital, you cannot have any friends 
or relatives visit you most of the time. Now, I'm not criticizing the hospitals for not allowing visitors. I get it. There's a pandemic. Um, but think back to when we could visit loved ones in the hospital. What good did our visits do? Most of us aren't doctors and nurses. We, can't, we couldn't help with our loved ones' medical needs. So what was the point of showing up? Having loved ones, thank you, around you when you are hurting encourages you. It does all kinds of good. It's the power of presence. God called Moses from the burning bush, another example of God's presence by fire. And he told Moses to go to Pharaoh and lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And Moses is scared. He doesn't think he's the one who should go. And God says to him, or actually Moses says to God in Exodus 3, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. I will be with you, God says. The power of God's presence would be enough for Moses, and the power of God's presence will be enough for us. In verse 40 of Solomon's prayer, he says, make your eyes and ears attentive, attentive. Attention is simply making yourself present to someone. If you attend to someone's needs, you are making yourself present to their needs. You're paying attention to their needs. Solomon says, Lord, give attention to our prayers. Be present to us when we pray. And God gives his attention, his presence to the prayers. And in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said, where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you want to experience more peace in 2021, use prayer to keep you focused on God's presence in your life. Just as God said to Moses, I will be with you. Jesus said to his disciples, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. One aspect of prayer that is often overlooked, in fact, we rarely even connect it to prayer, is praise. In prayer, we focus our praise. Going back to our passage one last time, in verse 3 of chapter 7, when God's presence fills the temple, it says, when all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground, and they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good. His love endures forever. The response of the people to God's presence is praise. It connected them to what was happening. Praise is a fundamental part of prayer. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he begins with, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
The Lord's Prayer begins with an expression of praise. And when we come together to sing praises to our God, we are not singing to hear ourselves sing. We are not singing to perform for God. We sing praise to connect ourselves with God's presence. The Israelites said, he is good. His love endures forever. Do you know that God is good? Have you experienced the goodness of God? Can you identify how God has been good to you? And while it is right to respond to God's goodness with praise and thanksgiving, God doesn't need our praise. Not nearly like we need to praise him. God has a heavenly host of angels praising him nonstop. We join that chorus so that we can connect with the reality of God's presence in our lives. Close your eyes if that helps. Raise your hands if that helps. Do what you need to do to focus on God's presence as we praise him. We just ask God to be attentive to us and we need to stay connected to God's presence because regardless of the challenges ahead of us, we can face them if we realize God is with us. God's presence is with us. And when we focus our attention on him, we are given a sense of peace. Quick, identify as many ways as you can how God has been good to you. Maybe it's the ways he provides for your needs. He is good. His love endures forever. Maybe it's the people in your life. He is good. His love endures forever. Maybe it's the abilities you have or the opportunities that he's laid before you. He is good. His love endures forever. God is good. And God's love endures forever. Please pray with me. And Lord, I would ask that you would help us focus, help us be aware of your presence, which is always with us. And just as you are present to us, help us give some of our attention, some of our presence to you. And Lord, throughout the rest of this day and week and throughout all of 2021, help us stay connected to your presence in our lives. And Lord, through that and in that, give us that sense of peace we need in all the uncertainties that we may face. Lord, you are good and your love endures forever. And we thank you for that. And it's in the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.